You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. A lot of times you'll hear the saying like, and I've said it, like God doesn't call the, the equipped, he equips the called, which is true to an extent. But the notion that when you're called, you don't possess any of the applicable skills is false because you already have something there to work with. True. Something there that is going to be used in that moment. And a lot of people are always looking ahead. That's a condition of humanity that yeah. you're always searching for the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And like in ministry, it's really prevalent because as soon as you get 50 people, you're like, I want 75, which is true. But like, there are some people like you want to growth and you want all of that. Yeah. But there's some people that despise where they're at. We, you know, yeah. I've been one, there. One yeah, of the best revelations too. I've ever had was when I realized like, God put this person, put me in their path so that they could speak into my life, right? Mm-hmm. He could have put me in front of everybody, anybody, right? But at this specific person, and then they were able to sew into me. And then all of a sudden, I started realizing, oh, he put me in that person's path because mm-hmm. he didn't need to hear from Heidi. Yeah. He didn't need to hear from... Um, one of these famous ministers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would have put him there. What he wanted to see was my personality and what he's done in my life passed through into this person. And when they got there, they had eyes to see and ears to hear. You want to hear something interesting? So at work, um, I was on this big project that was several years long. And during that project, I did not always... My compass did not always point due north, meaning I would spout off, say things that weren't great. Yeah. It was mostly my mouth was the problem. Yeah. And to a point where, like, in a moment of frustration or several, like, there is no testimony to be had there. Right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes God will take you and he'll put you in a moment. He'll... He'll arrange people around you at that moment that will follow you back out. Not saying that you should go there, but also when you're in a bad moment, God God can, as he's drawing you out of it, pull others along with you. The reason I say this is, like, to be clear, you should never go there banking on the fact that God will use it, mm-hmm. right? Like intentionally going off the beaten path or negative and engaging in sin. Yeah. Because you're like, well, God can use this in the end. But a friend of mine at work, he was, he's also, he was also on the project. I still work with him and he had like fallen away. He grew up in the church, like went to Promise Keepers, like stuff like that. Yeah. And like, he's kind of like us, like grew up like us. Like he knows who the Gaithers are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like some of the, like people today don't. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, if somebody knows who the Gaithers are, it's like, okay, they're old school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's about your age. He's a little bit older than me. So... He met me, knew me there. But over the last like three to four years, I've I've come out of that sort of frame of mind Mm -hmm. because I'm not traveling anymore. I wasn't like out carousing, by the way. It was truly like an attitude mouth problem. Yeah. And he met me there, but I've drawn closer to the Lord Mm -hmm. and gotten back on track over the last like three to four years. Yeah. And he called me today and he read it, rededicated his life. Nice. And like, we talked about it and he's like, and one of the reasons he was wanting to talk to me is because he joined a small group for men. Yeah. And he said, I was so excited and I just want to run this by you because I want to know what you would do. 
And he said, I was so excited to join the small group. The Bible study was really good. Um, the conversation was good. We prayed. And he said, they ended in prayer and they brought out booze. Mm. Mm. Gah. And I said, therein lies the problem. Yes. Why? And he said he was grieved by it. Yeah. And like he's and been, rightly so. Yeah. And he's been like actively like he the church that he goes to. Well, if he's listening, he's good. No, it's him. Um, but he, <laughs> he, they don't do like membership classes or whatever. They do ownership classes. That's what they call it. Because it's your walk with Christ. Mm. And like he went through the process of rededicating his life. He put his both of his kids in the Christian school. Like, yeah. like they're going through Financial Peace University. <laughs> like yeah. they're on track. Getting their life you back know? together. And like um, he's very grieved by it. And then he said that like the following week afterwards they sent out like the like prayer requests and stuff. And he said, one of them was brother so-and-so part of the group is struggling with the addiction to alcohol. Mm. And he's like, I don't know how they're reconciling this. Right. Mm. Yeah. You but know, <clears throat> I was just to round out that point. Like I never thought in a million years when I met him, worked with him on this project that, a f- you know, years later, we're going to sit and talk about the things of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Honestly, it's only through God's grace and mercy that he would allow me to to really do a 180. Yeah. And that guy at the same time, you know, and it's not held against me like anything I said or did right. when I was being, you know, having a bad attitude. And I would ask him right off the bat, though, um, in this small group, like if they were meeting in somebody's home um, – is leadership aware? Yes. Yeah. Because that's what that's what caused like uh, Jim Caseman and them guys to to disassemble or or dismantle AFCM. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like small groups are great, obviously, yeah. because you can have really incredible. I've been in one there. before where somebody showcased their bar they built. But like the small groups can go south real quick if yeah. if the people in it are not like fully in it. Right. That's the, the one of the biggest problems. I see. sometimes people are chosen to to like lead um, based on their their, their social yeah their they social are stature. In this case. So it's like oh he he's a so one time we um, I think I talked about this before. We were at a thing in a church that we were serving in. Um, I was pretty newly delivered from alcoholism, uh, really giving it my all. And we had been doing a lot of events for a couple of years. And because I did a lot of the cooking for the church, we were having like a trunk or treat fall festival thing. Mm-hmm. And I made like a, tw- I can't remember, like a five gallon pail worth of chili. And it was huge. And I thought everybody's going to bring a slow cooker full of chili and not everybody's going to be able to actually eat chili. They'll just do the taste test. So I'm going to bring like a 10 gallon pail worth of chili so that people can actually eat. Yeah. Like an entree of chili. So I did this. Right. And, and all of a sudden we're getting towards the end of the night and like half the leadership staff and pastor pull me into a back room and they said, Hey, we got to ask you something. And I said, what is it? And they said, well, we have this, this Dr. So-and-so and he, him and his wife have been coming and, uh, he took second place. And I said, Oh, and they said, but you took first place. And I said, yeah. And they were like, would you mind giving up first place so that we could allow him to have this honor or whatever? And I was thinking, Nope. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't care. I'm like, you know, like I would care. <laughs> like for me, it wasn't, I would say I don't care. And then I go home and cry. Yeah. I'd complain about it. The well, whole the whole, the whole atmosphere. I mean, you're, you're put on the spot, like, yeah. And you're going to be a good Christian. Right. 
And I'm like, you know, if this is going to be something that you feel as leadership is going to draw them in to make them feel comfortable as a part of the body, go for it. So there was like a gift card <laughs> and all this not, stuff. I believe And you. so then we get to, to the end of the night and they're announcing who won, which was really funny because I watched faces and people were really, people were really, people they're knew. Like, we want to recount. Well, there was people that were like, <laughs> man, like, why'd you put cardboard Joe's the chili windows? was so good. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And then there was some like, oh, we didn't get to taste his. So we, because he ran out. It was a little Who tiny. Who was that pot. guy again? <laughs> and then, <laughs> so, still practicing. Did he, did he bring chili? How did that guy win? They called him up and they're like, you know, this doctor so and so, they've been attending for a couple of weeks. A uh, good friend of mine met him on the golf course. You know, this is Pastor talking. And he goes, all right, doctor, let's say his name was Dr. Ron. All right, Dr. Ron, what's the what's the trick to making chili good enough to win a chili cook-off? And he hands a microphone over and he goes, well, I start off, I brown my ground beef. And then he goes, I usually go and I get a six-pack of New Glarus. And then I, I whip six bottles of beer into the chili. And I'm sitting there like, you, this devil. Yeah. This devil that almost stole my life yeah. just showed up at a chili cook-off to eat my lunch. Yeah. And then Literally. everybody yeah. in leadership fell in like sheep to the slaughter following the Judas goat in. And you could tell there was sheer panic hit Pastor's face that he's seen what was going on and that he just had a man announce to like 300 people that he just beard their chili at a church event. <laughs> Wow. But this is the thing is we cannot give place to things that are used as as a vehicle by the devil to overtake people's lives. This is what I told him and I said I don't even encourage you to necessarily to leave because there's a good chance that you were sent in to shed light on darkness. Yeah, if everything's going well except for that one part. Yeah. Correct the part. Say something. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you, see, I just burped into the microphone. <laughs> if you see something, say something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, I told him like, cause he was nervous about it. He's like, I don't want to make, make people upset or anything, but yeah. like, this is not kosher. It's against like the bylaws. That goes back to the whole peacemaker versus peacekeeper <laughs> conversation. God, God was just really giving me vision into some things the other day. And we were talking about, there's been so many times where, um, people have asked us to get together or something like that. And then they slip in a cuss word and giggle about it. And like yeah, it always catches my attention and I'm like, oh man, this is a struggle I've had my whole life with my mouth. Because the Bible talks about if, if you can bridle your tongue, mm -hmm. you have real power. You have like divine power because it is, it is the most wicked member of the body. Life and death come from the power of the tongue. So when I hear people do that, mm -hmm. especially when you're, as a church group and you're sitting out at a restaurant, mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard for me to not all of a sudden have a heightened sense of awareness every time around these people. Right. And then I've watched one right after another. Because there's a difference. We've had people testify in church and like say something that they didn't, they didn't realize like it's sheer ignorance, but you also, we've, I've also seen people testify and people be in social groups where they're truly like testing boundaries. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Yeah. I just wanted to make the how distinction. how far they can get with you. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of like when, you know how they talk about like in your house, if you see one ant or two ants, yeah. you're only seeing a fraction of the ants that are actually in your house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're seeing a little bit of that. That means there is a Way whole more. lot more behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. And out of the abundance of your heart, man. Yeah. So I kind of want to blow this wide open right now. Blow it open. So 
I always say that we only can control what's in our territory, mm-hmm. right? So for example, I use this example a lot. If someone came into my house and and brought in a booze bottle, I would be like, absolutely not. Get that out of my house. There is nothing that is allowed here like that. Mm-hmm. But if I go into somebody else's house and they have booze bottles, I can't necessarily say, get those out of here. Right? I mean... So where is right. that like territorial it on, line? It depends on like... Um, it depends on your relationship with the person. You know? Um, the crazy thing for me is, is we have neighbors and stuff that are not like Christian people or, you know, practicing any kind of religion, mm-hmm. really. And those people, knowing my testimony, will put booze away to not make me feel uncomfortable. Correct. The, the, the non-Christians mm-hmm. will put booze away and respect the fact that he was delivered and no longer does it. Mm-hmm. But the Christ- the only issue that he's ever had have been the Christians. Yeah. I've, had, I've had witches literally practicing witchcraft say, you need to tell this testimony to a lot of people, da-da-da. Because mm-hmm. there's power in it. Yeah. And then I've had Christians pull me aside and say, that can be kind of harsh Yep. because I have... Self-control, and I can do this responsibly. Yep. And scripture says, take a little wine for For your your stomach. stomach. Yeah, it's not a problem for me. And I'm like, there is like hundreds of scriptures that tells you do not partake of it. And then every time you see somebody take part in in drinking alcohol, the results are catastrophic to the body of Christ. Yeah. You have all these things. Yeah. We wouldn't have had Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, you know what's interesting, though, is like this isn't even the only instance. And I'm not trying to rag on small groups, but yeah. like there's another instance that I know of. Again, somebody at work that's in a small group and they do their Bible study and then they play Dungeons and Dragons mm. together. Yeah. Why? It just it doesn't make any sense to me. People think that they're. Why blur the lines all the time, though? It this is that that's the beauty of deception. There's it's, an elephant in the room and you're mm-hmm. the only one who doesn't know it's there. And this is the thing. If if it doesn't have an effect on you to a point where it invokes a spirit of fear or something like that that's controlling, mm-hmm. you're a perfect candidate for the devil to use to preach his gospel. Mm. Oh. I can listen to my old Kiss records all day because they're not that bad. And then I still feel the Holy Spirit at church. I get the goosebumps at it's church on Sunday. It's a lukewarm church. It's, it's unfortunate to, to see that happen. I've been in small groups where I listen to them run the pastor through the ringer. And I'm like, you and I just talked about this. Somebody could have 15 years of consistent love and, and compassion and helps for, for people. And they've received from them, and all of a sudden, one person yeah. points out something they noticed, a flaw. Oh, he says that testimony too many times or something like that. And then all of a sudden, everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, and it's like, to start what to about the 15 years that right. you've just spent that yeah. receiving? Mm-hmm. And this is, the, this is the thing about that, is when you, when you, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you when you see those types of things, those if they're not if they're not led by somebody called to actually lead them, and it's just somebody appointed because they're maybe they uh, have a a personality that people consider as like outgoing or charismatic, mm-hmm. or maybe they have a beautiful house. You know, it can be as simple as them having a, a measure of pride. Where they're always pushing, I have this, I have this, you need to come here and see this. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, well, that's the perfect place. Mm-hmm. Let's send them over to their house because that's the perfect place. And they they can afford to put on a, a spread or whatever, right. yeah. you know, or they're really good cooks. <laughs> yeah, but if you're cooking up. It's a, it's a good point because, you know, would um, if somebody was completely spirit-led, spirit-filled and they lived in like a dirty trailer. 
My dad did it. Right. Yeah, but what I'm well, saying is the like a lot of the, was clean. Lot of, clean. <laughs> <laughs> my dad lived in a dirty trailer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he when, answered the door in his wife supporter. <laughs> when I was growing up, people would come after Sunday night services. So when I was growing up, if revival and awakening was happening, it was always a Sunday night service. And the power of the Holy Spirit would move and it, it pastor always said, Dad, he always said that's because you get a, a group of people that want more. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not worried about getting up for work the next morning and having their their sleepy by time and their clothes laid out. Their 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 Hungry. their priorities are right. Yeah. So they're like, Oh, more church on Sunday? I'm there. Yeah. I'm going to both services. Yeah. So those people would follow my parents home, some of which had property, land, and beautiful homes, and they would come to that trailer and they would talk about the things of the Spirit and God all night, Yeah, and they would end up sleeping on the floor of that. It was crazy. You know what, though? So, like, Carlos and I are friends with a renowned neurosurgeon, and... I've never hesitated to invite people to my house. When we lived on in a crappy apartment when we were first married, like yeah. the crappiest apartment on earth, actually. Um guys had like neighbors that were always fighting and punching walls. Yeah. And we had a peeper. Do you remember? You had a peeper? Oh my God. Yeah. When they moved and- <laughs> into that apartment, like the people who owned it thought the person died. Yeah. So we went and dad and I cleaned it out and it, I've never seen so much pornography in my life. There was nothing but pornography and filth in that apartment. And the lady rented a dumpster. We filled the dumpster with pornographic DVDs and magazines. Can I tell you, I was at work and all of a sudden Carlos, who like didn't speak fluent English at the time, he calls me and he, the landlord is German, like German, yeah. like German. Yeah. So like both are broken English. And he goes, Hey, I'm at the apartment. And I go, uh-huh. And he goes, the cops are here. And I go, why? And he goes, because you know, the guy, Robert. <laughs> and I go, uh-huh. He goes, you know how he's dead? And I go, yes. He goes, he's not dead. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was like on hospice and came off hospice. Oh, my he's, he's here, and he wants to know where all of his stuff is. Oh, my they gosh. Spent an in, him and like his kids spent an entire day picking up nothing but the porn out of the dumpster. They yeah, loaded they were a truck also looking with pornography. For the drugs. Yeah, and we, we flushed all the drugs down the toilet. <laughs> There's so much wrong with like, that Like I understand how bad that is, but that's technically on the landlord. Oh, 100%. Oh, like, that was like a bad call there. <laughs> yeah. You had first-time renters. Like, they didn't know anything. Yeah. Other yeah. than, like, wow, these people have invited us in, and all they did is take our big security deposit and our rent, and here it we are. Really we got our home. security deposit, and it was very little rent. <laughs> and it included most things. And, like, but that was a really crappy apartment, you know? And, like, they would, I would invite people over. Yeah. I'd make dinner. I had, like, a, a dinner one night, and it was, like, and like the neighbor across the hall smoked cigarettes inside the building mm-hmm. and like it always stunk like air fresheners and cigarettes in the hallway. But like I had like three ner- nurse practitioners and like a surgeon over for dinner. Like it was yeah. no big deal. Yeah. I've never hesitated because I'm like, dude, okay, what do you expect? A mansion? I'm your secretary. <laughs> like, yeah. hello. Yeah. And do you know, like that it's never stood in the way right. of developing a relationship to the point where like. When it came time he was getting married, he asked me specifically if I would say the the prayer over the meal in front of yeah. all the guests. Yeah. Like, because he just knew, you know, like, yeah. we're real people. Dude, that apartment. <laughs> He's I was, still I was, on the apartment. I was delivered from alcohol at that point. <laughs> and I remember, like, the AA place. And yeah. they would be having dances and meetings. It was the Knights and of Columbus. <laughs> you would see all these people who were... <laughs> Like in this program to be away from addiction, completely addicted to coffee and cigarettes, just stand outside, just so clouds of smoke. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, man, how do you get the message to people that for me to be free, I had to shut all doors. Yep. 
I had to shut all doors. I had to get rid of things. Like there was things I couldn't watch anymore. There was like a class of movie rated whatever that I couldn't watch anymore Mm -hmm. because of the addiction to pornography that I got delivered from. I I couldn't afford for my eyes to see a, a flash of a breast or something. Because it made me feel unclean before God. Yeah. Right? So all of a sudden I'm watching people who are trying to get out of addiction trade it for another addiction. Yeah. You know? Can I just tap on that for a second though? Sure. Because that's more of that stuff where you know. So I'm, I'm going to say the ratings. So anything above PG-13, you know that you're going to see some sort of Well, nudity. now even PV, PG-13. And PG-13 is even getting questionable. Mm-hmm. But like any time... Like when he was going through that, you knew that if it was R, like you knew, like you knew Mm -hmm. that at some point in that show, Mm -hmm. like there was going to be a boob. Something. Like something was going to happen. Yeah. And you always get the the disclaimer of violence. And everybody is always like, well, we'll just check it out. We'll just turn off if. If it comes on, we'll fast forward through that. Seriously. And then you, and there's no way that you can catch it because you want to see it. I grew up in a household where we had like the eight foot satellite dish outside. Yeah. Where I had two older brothers and they knew which pornography channel channels were scrambled channels. If you're old enough to know what scrambled TV is, they would actually somehow mess with the connection so that like the screen would be like salt and pepper. You know what I mean? Like it was blurry and you couldn't see, but those guys knew that if they watched that screen long enough, there'd be a moment of clarity. So you had teenage boys that would watch a blurred screen for 15 minutes to see something nasty. And it would it would happen every time. Mm. So if there was a sleepover or friends over after school, now my parents, like dad, he, you know, he was like, I'm going to bless my kids and we're going to get satellite TV and we're going to have every church channel yeah, they're, I'm I'm over there watching Gospel Bill on Saturday morning, <laughs> yeah. and they're like up in the middle of the night watching scrambled TV, trying to catch so a boob. The reason why I say that is when when you think about you're gonna fast forward through something, yep, or you're gonna skip ahead, yep. You're you're trying to manipulate your yep. spirit, man, yep, in the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But your flesh is still going to catch a glimpse. Yeah. Okay. But also, let's say, so like as a woman, you've seen one, you've seen them all. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I am never going to be a stumbling block or create Mm -hmm. a stumbling block for my husband. Right. Mm -hmm. Because men and women process images like that differently. Yeah. Like it's scientifically proven. And... There's something to be said for if you're hosting a small group and you're breaking out a drink or you're having beer church. Beer church is a thing now, yeah. apparently. Like we we talk a lot about alcohol, but there's more to it than that, right? Like the idea is you're you're potentially creating a stumbling block yeah. for one of your brothers or sisters in Christ. And like you have to value their soul yeah. more than that. Yeah. Because God Jesus died for them. Yeah. And you're you're creating a snare when, for them to get caught up and tripped up and go right back into what they were saved from in the first place. Like, I mean, at a certain point, Christians have to acknowledge the fact that you're just nailing him to the cross again. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality of when, it. When Pastor Tim teaches on this, he's 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 like he said people don't realize the difference between flesh and spirit. Mm-hmm. When when you come to a place where you you try and reconcile that alcoholism or drug addiction is a physical thing and you put it all on the the physical mm-hmm. and the soul you you try and most people try and act like well that's that's just because those people suffer in that area but they they deny the spiritual tie to it mm-hmm. the soul tie the spirit tie so he always when he preaches on this he says take the worst alcoholic that you know and when he dies and the physical is left but the spirit is gone go dump alcohol in the mouth 
and see if he comes awake for another drink. Right. Because it's more spiritual than it is flesh. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we think in terms of like, oh, you know, that's a, a chemical imbalance in the mind or it's some, some kind of medical or fleshly thing that flesh gets left behind when the spirit man leaves and the flesh no longer craves those things. Right. Right. Can you imagine like truly though, let's say like you were brought up and lived a life involved in witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a lot of people that deal with a lot of trauma related to witchcraft and then they have to pull themselves on out of it or the occult and then you finally get plugged into a church and you find a small group to go to right and i'm not saying explicitly that dungeons and dragons is the occult or it's witchcraft i get that it's pretend but there's an overlap of the demographic Mm -hmm. who participates in witchcraft Mm -hmm. and the occult and those who play du- Dungeons and Dragons. And you don't know if you're creating a stumbling block for that person. Yeah. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So if you're playing a game and you're you're readily available to uh, talk about incantations and curses and stuff like that, yeah. mm-hmm. show me where you're spending that much time learning that information about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, because if you it had takes a lot to play D and D, yeah, if you had that kind of time invested in the gospel, that's all you'd want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have time for D and D. You wouldn't have time for trading crystals. You wouldn't have time for tarot card readings because once you get to know him, and he becomes a part of your life, then you die to this world. Yeah, you you no longer have the need for those things. Mm-hmm. We we had church yesterday. That was insane. We, we had, I, I even lost count. There was, was like four, four people. Four. Well, I don't know because people came up kind of in waves. Yeah, there was more For than different four things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it started with back and then it moved yeah. to shoulders. And and that was that was a, like, I had already got up and gave a word. I swear it was like we supernaturally got time back. Yeah. Am I crazy? Like church went at such a clip we did a full worship set plus you got you, Heidi physically forced me to the altar yeah to I be prayed it. for I felt it so I got up from the piano and like mom took over for a little bit mm-hmm. plus you had an altar call in the middle of service where people were that kept going were miraculously healed yeah, yeah. just when we were done like more people walked <laughs> yes up. And there was still, like, we still got done with all of that in time for, like, a full Sunday school and a full message. And it ended on time. And then Like, I don't understand how it happened. There was things. There was things? Things. Like a little boy went to the altar that usually doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that broke me. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh. Because I knew God was doing something. And with all the healings and, and the the word of knowledge about what needed to be healed. Like I knew that was divine, but then to see the other things that took place. Yeah. And then people started grabbing on, like they could feel God's presence there. Yeah. And it became like a sense of urgency. I need to get up there while this is happening because this is, you, you definitely knew God's presence was there because those people said, I know it's not my back, but, like yeah. that that's like not a but like common I want to get in on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You it's know, tangible. it started out interesting too. Yesterday was weird from the moment I woke up. And like my back was out. That's why I got prayer. And I got to church and I was like running late. And I walked in and I hadn't even checked my phone. I went to pull up my phone for something else, right? What yeah. was I going I was going to show Heidi something. And it was just me and Heidi and Max in the sanctuary and I picked up my phone, went to show Heidi something. I had a text message because you guys were scheduled to um, bring a word at ignite, Mm -hmm. which is local music and like worship and prayer Mm -hmm. here. Um, And I led worship for ignite 
last two weeks time, ago. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago. And th- Nick, one of the people that organizes it, um, had a vision for it. I saw my phone and I had a text message from him and I go, Heidi, I didn't even read it to you, right? Like I just yeah, turned I my it. phone and she goes, shut up. Yeah. I knew that from the moment I woke up this morning. Yeah. Because the person, the p- couple that was lined up to lead worship, they got sick. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, is there any way that you could lead worship tonight? Yeah. I immediately, like in the mo- in the moment, I was like, how, how am I going to do this with my back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's so annoying and great about Joe? Like in the best way, by the way. Like I w- it was exciting. Yeah, you were fine. And I was fine. Mm-hmm. Nick and Steph, I was, I was fine. She was fine. I was fine. But I go, Joe my back and he was like god will heal you <laughs> yeah. i was like <sighs> yeah and then when i got the word for lower back <laughs> no n- n- she wasn't even a thought right like she's up on front she wasn't even a thought <laughs> no you weren't like <laughs> i know but it felt like something took a set of claws and dug into my lower back and yeah. it was like immediate and i was in such pain i felt almost nauseous and i was like this is not normal. This is, and then all of a sudden, like I'm thinking this attack of the devil, but then it like the thought from the Holy Spirit was, no, God's going to heal this for somebody. And I'm like, oh, this is somebody's dealing with this. And I get up and then. Four people. F- yeah, four people. And it was like, <laughs> Joe bang, goes, bang, bang, <laughs> instant healing. Yeah. Joe goes, somebody's dealing with back pain. Mom in the mic goes, it's Christina. <laughs> like doesn't even let you say it. <laughs> like immediately. And you, you were like, no, yeah, I know. Who no, else? I turned around to look at you and like three people came up. Yeah. It was like, it was like, it was fast. Yeah. And, and we didn't do three, any articulate, you know, we weren't like, a, Oh, in Jesus name, this, this, yeah. and quoting no, 25 like, verses. Yeah. One lady's was so bad though, that, she actually went out in the middle of worship to go get a water so that she could take a pain pill for her back. That's so Mm -hmm. crazy. And then when she came back in is when that got announced. Probably why people ran up there because it was like very, God was definitely there. But hers was like immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Like immediate supernatural healing. Like tears flowing. I'm like, I'm do the way I like to, to, I don't want you to walk away if God didn't do it. Yeah. So I'm like, how does it feel? And I'm I'm like, scale of one to ten. I was doing the whole like self-auditing thing. Because like, you were like, be healed. And I was like, yeah, be healed. In Jesus' name. I'm healed. Do you still have pain? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, do I have, Lord, do I have unforgiveness? <laughs> like, get it out. Get it out. <laughs> like, and if you're listening to this, like, we're not talking like we're, we do anything. This this was all like a, a move of the gifts of the no, spirit it was in like, the church service. Do you want to know what's cool? Cool though, yeah, is God works in so many different ways. So by the time, like, did your back pain go? It's gone now. So how long did it take? Uh, was it still there last night? It was on, it was faint. Okay, last night. so it just like dwindled over the day. Yeah. So God is amazing because even with the him healing blind. He did it multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. Like there was once where he would just, he just prayed and they were completely healed. Yeah. And the next time he would spit and make mud and yeah, like make mud. Eyeballs. It was like showing that like same again, no recipes. Mm-hmm. So if, if I prayed for a blind person this way, I have to follow that exact recipe next time I pray for the all these blind people, right? It's that moment of showing like and one time he had to do it twice. He said it twice. Mm-hmm. He said like the so the how are you healed? Well, I can I only can see like trees. I only it's like images that I can see. I can't see the people. So he prayed again. Yeah. So like right there is showing multiple different ways to pray, multiple different ways they're going to manifest. But end game is you're going to get the healing. So hold on. So in that just yesterday, there was one woman. She got it immediately. Yeah. The next person. He. It took a little bit. It took more than once. We had to we had like because you you're like test it. And he was kind of bending over and and like doing his legs and stuff. You it, it, my leg grew up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with you, it 
it took multiple times and yet throughout the rest of the day. But all three people <laughs> and by the way, that it. was very on brand for me. All like that's very typical. Yeah. All people had a very personable experience with Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So not all of, it wasn't like a cookie cutter. We Correct. all got the same. Yep. We all we all got the same present. You know how that is like when you go into like a like a setting where the teacher gets all the students gifts mm-hmm. and they all get the same things that nobody's like, Oh, he got mine's his is better than mine. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. trade. Yeah. What he, what he did was so personable to each person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was amazing. And then there was words of knowledge for people while they're being prayed for. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I just had like a picture of? Mm. So my mother, every single time she gives a birthday card, she underlines the words that really speak to her on how she feels about, about the you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying that, I immediately was like, he was every single person got a card yesterday, mm-hmm. but he underlined different things for every single one of yeah. them. Yeah, it was very different for each one of them. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I, we should talk about this at church. I wonder how, if the people realize how blessed they are. Mm. Because just in our church in the last like month, We've had so many different things called out. There we was, had a word about he- hearing. So we have a, a lot of people raise their hands that they have hearing issues or have hearing aids. And I don't, I, I haven't heard any testimonies yet, but like God brought a word that he was going to heal people's hearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was going to restore hearing. There's been like a lady literally, like people think they're going to think we're crazy or making it up, but honest to God, like her brake pads were restored. Yeah. (laughs) And it saved her $700. Like she was told multiple times, your brakes are shot. You have to get new brake pads. Yes. And she went in and was like, I literally can't afford it. Yeah. God's going to have to do something. And they came back and they were like, you don't need new brakes at all. That's awesome. She like like, saved the money to go do it. Dude, that's like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. There's, there's like, they even told her what the percentage was. I was thinking about this too. Yesterday was, it wasn't like a packed house. There was like 40, 50 people there. And the amount of people that got healed that had something supernatural happen was like 20%. Yeah. Of the people that were there. That's a big deal. Children included. There was a little boy that came up for the at the end for the back pain. Yeah. And that kid, I, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna lie for you. No. 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 In fact, he he might he might challenge you. Yeah. So seeing that child mm-hmm. um receive, test it out, and then say it's gone. I was like, this is the one that I wanted to see. Yeah. This this is Do you know what else is awesome about praying for kids? Is they keep their eyes open the entire time and they yeah. watch you. Yeah. I do too. Me too. Yeah, I do too. Yep. So I can duck when you try to hit me. Yeah, I go ahead. No devil <laughs> hit me in the face. Uh-uh. No, I know what I I read about the sons of Skiva, man. Like, you you ain't getting yeah, me like the that. The entire time that we were praying for him, he was just watching you like a hawk. Yeah. He's like what? Oh man, and, and like everything God told me about him, I said it out loud. Yeah. yeah, you know. But then I feel like the we've covered a menagerie of topics, <laughs> by the way. Um, but the miraculous just continued on. So like you guys were already scheduled to speak. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Max goes, me too, because he's drums. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> you too. What? And so like we we just went for it. Yeah. And God showed up at Ignite big time too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like lots of people came up for prayer. Yeah. That was very cool. Do you want to know what I love about speaking? Never thought that would come out of my mouth actually. Love the record show. Yeah. I used to be I I was never a speaker prior to this. So no. this you is how Holy Spirit can change. I you. wouldn't read out loud. You wouldn't read out loud. No, not at all. No, you every time I walk time. into a get together and Joe's there, he's always reading, reading the Bible yeah, to someone. You are, yeah. 
but I used to like not public speak because I didn't want to. Like I would pass out. I would physically pass out. Like there were so many high school. So dramatic. So many high school and middle school <laughs> days where I would pass out in the middle of giving a report because I just like couldn't do it. So like talking about like <laughs> protons and she passes out. There was one time where my history teacher, may God have mercy on his soul. Okay. You know who you are. (laughs) I did the report wrong. Oh, no. And he berated me after I got enough courage to go up and give the report in front of the whole class of like 20 kids, then berated me in front of all of them on how I did the, the, the wrong topic and that didn't make any sense. And during that moment, I felt like the birds around my head and like the like, I could I could tell something was about to go down okay and the next thing I know <laughs> I'm in an ambulance headed to the emergency room okay so like I passed out cold to the point where I didn't even know the paramedics were there to put me in the ambulance mm-hmm. she just chucked out she's like, like I'm not that was like I didn't even most people pass out they hit you a couple times and you're like okay like get up yeah. no like that much time passed where I didn't come conscious until I was in the ambulance fight or flight Brody is like I'm just gonna die and go to heaven now <laughs> literally yeah but that uh that's how the level of like not public yeah. speaking I was at. Like I don't just say like, "Oh, I'm scared." Like it was like a serious level. Mm-hmm. And God's brought me so far from that that I can speak now. But what I like about speaking now is that when God gives you a word and you speak it out, you never know who it's going to hit. Yeah. yeah. No, you always try to ever. figure it out. You never ever know. The people that I thought that word was going to hit last cuz you do. You try to you're like Oh, it's for you. Ooh, yeah. they just yeah. walked in. Look, like, look on their face. Yeah. God, you, yeah. you put me here for a purpose. Yeah, you, it's for them. You it's say like them. a particularly emotional part and you look up and like check to see if they're crying. <laughs> like that's just the humanness yeah. of what they're, we do. You look You're like, do I need to repeat that? And he was delivered. <laughs> yeah, you like, like look around. Again. I you don't ma- think you heard me. <laughs> you maintain eye contact. <laughs> And then at the end, people come up to you where you wouldn't even picked them out of a crowd that would have been able to receive what you were bringing that night. And they're the ones that were receiving. Yeah, Sometimes it's like the the person you think in the room is the strongest. Mm. So crazy. And then all of a sudden they come to this this place where they just get transparent with you and they're like. I've struggled with that or I'm struggling with that or yeah. that's like that what you said was so on to what I'm going through mm-hmm. and then you're like what did I say yeah because like you're in you're in the anointing when that happens yeah and then the things that you think are going to be so important aren't even what touch people yeah because yeah. God put them there yeah that's awesome I love it mm-hmm. I love to have a front row seat too because like you never, you literally never know what's going to happen. And I get like this bird's eye view. Right. And by the way, if you're local and you haven't gone to Ignite, what are you even doing with your life? Yeah, like, it's good. Figure it yeah. out. Because it's, first of all, it's fun. And and it's, it's for amazing. the hungry. Yeah. Well, if you, if you attend a church body that doesn't have a Sunday night anything. Yeah. There was over six churches represented mm-hmm. this last week. Mm-hmm. And... But like I'm sitting there, all of a sudden, you guys brought Cedric and Odessa to be on prayer team. Yeah. And Joe and Cedric just like, like, did someone steal someone's purse? Like, they went sprinting out the door. I was like, did what's you hear happening? That? Well, I asked about it today because I was like, why'd you? I literally That's go, awesome. Joe, why'd you go outside? I he love, like, like I love that. But he just asked me to go with him. Yeah. Because he, he, he felt. Yeah. He like God, he's in that mode of stepping out. I always, yeah. I always talk about how God will highlight somebody. Yeah. They'll stand out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, will you go with me to pray for the guy that left? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm like, where did he left to? And he goes, I don't know. And I'm like, how so do you, you know narrowed he it left? to like the city of Eau Claire? <laughs> and he goes, well, they just, they walked out and they crossed the street. And I'm like, fine. Like, you want me to go with you? And he goes, yep. And then we went out. And you found him? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? It was really cool because 
it was actually somebody that's got a good root system. And he immediately took the lower seat and, and was like, he could see, you know, he was like, yeah, yeah, of course, pray for me, pray for me. And all of a sudden there was this prayer and you could, you could hear the Holy Spirit on it and you could hear that it was something from his heart. Mm -hmm. And then he finishes, the guy looks him dead in the eye and he goes, I appreciate your obedience stepping out. And he goes, that's not easy to do. And he starts sharing a little bit about his testimony mm -hmm. and his ministry and starts to prophesy over him. Wow. So there was. So you thought you were. A divine appointment yeah. there. Yeah. Just and, by obedience. And it was a lot of encouragement. That's how you learn his voice, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's You got to get reps in. Yeah. Yeah. And relationships get made that way. Yeah. Not like, like, oh, that guy looks cool. I want to hang out with him. But like those Jonathan David relationships, you know, where you, where you get to have covenant. Yeah, you sacrifice for each other. You know, th this is the type of thing that we were just talking about, though, too, where when these people in these small groups can, can put away the Jesus to have a drink or smoke a cigar or play some role-playing games or even video games. That's how real God is to me where I, I don't think I could ever put, we just rabbit trailed into like five different conversations about the goodness of God and what he's doing currently. Yeah. Like I'll never be able to comprehend other than the fact of like, you, you, you don't know him the way you could. Mm -hmm. You know it's a burden on your heart and it's mm. clear because <laughs> there are times where like we're having a party mm -hmm. and I walk out and like Joe is like reading the Bible to someone mm -hmm. or like deep in it. Mm. And I'm like, can we play throw, throw burrito now? Mm -hmm. And like, you have to, like, you have to like you, you'd almost have to pull him back out. Yeah. He's like in the quicksand of That's Jesus. That's where life is. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm existing at your party. But yeah. if Jesus shows up, now I'm alive. Yeah. If you really want him to show up to your party and be in it, have a worship party. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Have a worship party. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but when you have that worship party, let the Holy Spirit be the worship leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. good. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.